Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Buffy podcast that wishes to go to the festival. <laughs> you used to give in at the we festival, we wish to go to the festival, the festival, the King's Festival. If you got your money, honey, we got your disease. Hellmouth? Hellmouth. I'm assuming, dear listeners, that if you have not seen Into the Woods, the Sondheim musical. You are going to be lost, so to speak, for this episode. But we'll see. We'll see. There will be a few references to it. to say? Not too many. I restrained myself. (laughs) Good. Yeah. I'm sure that... hmm. It's like when I say I restrain myself because there's only five pictures, right? Right. Right. It's going to be like that, isn't it? Staring Uh, into the face of madness. Good. Right. So this is season five, episode 10, Into the Woods. Original air date, December 19th, 2000. This is the last episode of the year 2000. Oh, do we want to look back on the year 2000, do a quick retrospective? We had the latter half of season four, mostly garbage. Superstar. First half of season five. Pretty good. Some not so great. What else happened in the year 2000? I don't remember a single thing from that year in my life. Because Galaxy Quest came out in 1999, (laughs) same as The Phantom Menace. And The Matrix. And The Matrix. Yeah. 2000, what happened? 2001? I mean, 9-11, never forget. I think Phantom Menace? something else? No, Phantom Menace was 99. Phantom Menace is also 99? I just said that. Did you really? I was not listening. Evidently. No, 99 is a kick-in year for movies. Yeah, one of the best. beauty, I think. Oh, really? I think we've done this before. In a previous episode of this podcast, we've discussed the movies that came out in the year 99. But what about 2000? We got nothing for 2000. The new millennium. Y2K. Millennium. But, like, Y2K is basically also 99. Because it's people being worried about the year 2000. Exactly. Hmm. The year 2000 never happened. Prove to mm. me that it did. You can't. Anyway, hmm. this is Into the Woods. We are halfway through season five-ish, almost. Well, this is the mid-season break, mm-hmm. right? This is the first ten episodes, and then we're off for like a month or so. And, I mean, as you said, they they had some shit figured out for mm-hmm. the first like seven episodes. Oh, yeah. And it, I was thinking about it today, and it seems like... They, they fixed all their problems. And they, they had seven episodes. They're like, we've got it. And then they had three episodes left. And they're like, <laughs> well, um, guess we got to get rid of Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get rid of Riley and Joyce will be sick. And Joyce is sick for like five solid episodes of just, yep, she's still sick. And Buffy's still experiencing the same emotions. Also, Ben is spooky. Right, Ben is spooky. Except he wasn't even in this one. Right? So, Or the next one? No. I don't know. I don't think he was in either of them. Uh, it's good times, though. So G-Man shows up at the hospital wearing, like, a pretty dumpy leather coat. And this is what I've uh, titled Dumpy Giles. Oh, you got a picture of this? Good, because I didn't get a picture of a leather coat because I was way more fixated on the shirts, the shiny shirts that mm, were happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it is dumpy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a leather coat. How do you put a leather coat on Giles and make him look dumpy? I mean, this. This is how. They did it somehow. It's probably just too big for him or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very unattractive. Like, this is not what Joyce needs to see after her surgery. Absolutely not. She needs something inspiring. Like, eyeliner, at least. Eyeliner, that short-sleeved shirt, mm-hmm. or the, the long-sleeved shirt with the sh- with the sleeves rolled up. Right, yeah. And, like, the cigarette packet in one mm-hmm. of the sleeves, and then the sweater wrapped around his waist. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> the spiked hair. Yeah, all of that. She needs that again in her life. No, she would absolutely faint. 
yeah. yeah, the whole gang is sitting around in the hospital. This is actually my second of two pictures for me is new haircut, same nonsense. Interesting. I focused very heavily on their shiny shirts in mm. this picture. Xander's is much shinier than you'd expect. That's true. Willow's has like a sheen to it. Mm. I think it's sort of like a shiny velvety material. And yeah, like this, Xander is wearing this shirt in the next scene as well. And it's just so very shiny. And for what? Whose hair are you hating on? <laughs> oh, no. Willow's got a new haircut, I think. Right. But why same nonsense? Oh, same nonsense is the rest of her outfit. Oh, okay. At least it's not orange. <laughs> it is not orange. It's true. It's purple, red, and blue on the top. And then what looks to be a jean skirt over stockings. They've really... And I don't know if this was happening as much in the early part of this season, but they've pushed her hard into, like, Wicca territory. Mm. She's got a real cleavagey. Is that a corset that she's wearing it ties up so god only knows yeah it's all good though so dr mister comes out with some news i mean this is the guy that walks up and he's like there's nothing we could do yeah yeah this is the arrested development yeah. fucker who says that buster's gonna be all right because he's lost his left hand but you said he was all right Yes, he's lost his left hand, so he's going to be all right. You son of a bitch! I hate... Oh, yeah. I was so expecting this doctor to make some sort of garbage line like that. Right, and then he just says the truth, and you're like, well, this is very boring. Right? There is no (laughs) hidden message. You're not terrible at bedside manner in some way. Anyway, we get him coming up. There's going to be news. Slow zoom on Buffy's face to credits, and then... Joyce is fine. There's really no tension. After the credits, all drama is resolved. I called this the coldest of opens. Because it was very, like, we hit that tension Mm. hard at the end of the cold open. Which we don't normally do. No. Usually it's like, uh, hey, there's something over there. Credits. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but this was a lot more, like, soap opera-y. Like, I'm here to tell you about your mother. Cut to credits. And then come back and she'll be all right. And I'm like, no! Joyce! She's lost the left half of herself. (laughs) Incorrect, though. Joyce should be fine. Barring any complications. Everything's going to be A-okay. Everything's perfect. So Donster goes to hang out with Zanya, is the couple name. That is correct. Mm -hmm. There is no other name. Because, no. Anyer? Like... (laughs) That doesn't work. Joyce is going to have an anger. Oh! Hashtag save Joyce. <laughs> we are 18 years too late. Yeah, we sure are. Oh, They have this weird establishing shot of Xander's apartment that I don't think we've ever seen. Because they show it and you're like, where the fuck is this? And then it's, we're in Xander's place. There are a couple of weird establishing shots because mm-hmm. like, there's one at the hospital and you're like, <laughs> Why? This doesn't help me at all. Like, all of a sudden you're showing me the fucking hospital? Show me the inside. I know what the inside looks like. The outside is meaningless to me. Yeah, you can't just say, oh, we've never shown an establishing shot of this place before. (laughs) We better start now. That'll really help them know where we are. No! No, it will not. So there's a ton of really direct references, except in name to Most Valuable Primate, which yeah. was, I guess, also a 1999 movie. It must, like, I don't know. <laughs> was this a hit? Was it No, very... MVP was not a huge hit. <laughs> it was a hit enough that someone on the writing staff thought that they could make a pop culture reference about it. And I think it's more would... of a joke. But still, it was enough in the pop culture sphere that... 
they could talk about it and they were like, people will know what we're talking about. This was pre-2000s. There was one media outlet <laughs> that everyone went to. It was t- called the Town Crier, oh, Michaela. Hee hee The monkey shall skate. <laughs> oh, a skating monkey. I do say, yes. I do say. <laughs> Sounds quite novel. Oh, God. Yeah, but no. They have basically have to... They're on Dawn Watch because... Uh, by fi Oh, is that what we decided? Ruffy? <laughs> It's all bad. Bri-fi. Bri-fi. Yeah, they're going to get on down. Yeah. And it's Dawn the is... worst job for babysitting I've ever yeah. heard. Like, hey. Dawn, like, knows what's up. Right? Oh, and... Everyone oh. knows what's up. Yeah. And Bri-fi are just like, hey, I know that Anya and Xander, this is going to put a hitch in your plans, but we really need to doink and we can't, like, go anywhere else because Dawn can't be left on her own. Yeah, like, doesn't Riley have... His own apartment, but she can't leave. But uh, uh, she can't leave Dawn on her own because then. I mean, she's the key. Yeah, I think that's True. hopefully mostly why. Yeah, because you think a teenager would be okay for the evening. Like, just give her some big noise canceling headphones, close her room, and tell her just like not to come out. <laughs> we might be anywhere. You don't know, Dawn. <laughs> that is the implication. <laughs> it's just anywhere that's not Dawn's room is danger zone. <laughs> Have these earplugs and just go to sleep. Everything's fine. Shh, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Yeah, so it's super gross and horrible. Yeah. Buffy mentions that her mom is out of the woods with regards to all this cancer stuff. I'm like, oh, Buffy, not so fast. So certain are we. I have it on pretty good authority that this episode is called Into the Woods. That's probably related in some way. Not really, it turns out. I mean, isn't Riley going to a jungle? <laughs> I, uh, I'm so smug. <laughs> yes, Rifi is going to the jungle. <laughs> Which you might He's going say, into the woods. Full of trees. <laughs> Did they mean it to be that literal? No. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, so Cece's giving it to Buffy missionary style. God, the when only they were, style Like, when they were doing is. missionary, I'm just like, I know this is all you know about. <laughs> like... Come on, guys. You can't mix it up a little bit. They're one night of passion. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what Ri-Fi does because it's the only position there is. I know. I mean, there's lots of candles. It's hella romantic. And, like, Spike's definitely listening outside the window. (gasps) Bring us into our first segment. Always ten feet below. Oh, jeez. Always ten steps behind. Always ten feet below. And she's just out of reach. Agony. Okay, so it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Why is the window open? I guess is my first question. They needed a good cross breeze. Right. There's that. The other aspect to this and like the more grand purpose of the segment is I understand how Spike became a fan favorite. How did he survive as a fan favorite through this treatment? Early season five, he's fine. Yeah. Then they do this to him and is no longer fun in any way. I did not remember how creepy this was. So I think we're all just lying to ourselves. And that's it. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only explanation I have for you. Like, they're trying to tank Rifi. They're doing a good job. They're trying to tank Spike, doing a less good job, I guess. I don't know if it's partially that it hasn't aged well. Because... (laughs) Oh, yeah. Him listening at the window as these people get it on is going to age well. A lot of it is, I think, them playing it as, look how pathetic Spike is, isn't it funny? Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be funny. 
It's not, though. It's only creepy. It's awful. Everything about it is so creepy. And he just lets himself into the house all the time. Uh, mm. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot more pictures. to say about this in the next episode. Okay. But I don't want to go into that right now. That makes just sense. Just because it's more relevant to the next one. Fair enough. Spike sees Cece sneaking out of the house late at night, going back to the old vampire cracked house thing. Oh, we've we've gone past uh, suspicious bandage. Oh, yes. Because as they were in the missionary position, I was just like, how has Buffy missed the very obvious wound on Riley's arm? And I'm like, that that seems crazy. Like, there's no way she would have missed that. And then I saw his very suspicious crook of the arm bandage, which I think should really raise a lot of questions. Like, how did he injure himself there? He's going out at night fighting vampires is the story that he's telling. And he slipped and fell on... One of them got him in the arm. <laughs> the classic place for a vampire to in, attack. In the crook of his elbow. Yeah. Or blood donation incident. Ooh. Which is good in that it's technically correct. That is so technically correct. I didn't lie to you, Buffy. I did donate my blood. And they do pay for blood in the States. Yeah. So the fact that he got paid... No, he paid. Hmm. Doesn't matter. There was an exchange of money and he gave blood away. There. Yeah. So we're going to get what I would charitably describe as answers for this whole vampire crack house thing. Yeah, last episode, I said we were going to get answers that would not satisfy us. Oh, they didn't satisfy me at all. I knew you would be unsatisfied. But here we are. Sure, the human is not the one paying? Or the human is the one paying, sorry. Yeah, I think. But that doesn't make any sense, because then the vampire's getting two things. Is there an exchange of money? Yes. I think it was either said or implied that money was being exchanged. So Ri-Fi must be getting money because the vampire is literally getting the one thing it needs to survive Mm -hmm. if it's also getting money that's crazy yeah but for it to be a drug metaphor then riley has to be paying because he's getting the high (laughs) so to speak listeners i hope you could hear my my air quotes in that one i think they're pretty obvious I, I just don't. And then how do people hear about this? How does this get set up as a service? Well, no, you just like put posters up and you have code words. Right. Oh, no. All the code words I thought of made it sound like prostitution. Because it is prostitution. Right. But it's also drugs. It, yeah. It's just, it's everything. It's all the metaphors. It's all the worst metaphors. I think they've mixed too many metaphors together. Yeah. They don't know what's happening here. And it's just not going well anyway joyce joyce is back buffy has a wig for her and she's got on a crazy orange dress with gold on it and what i've called this orange gold i got a pretty good shot of it i think yeah it's very similar to that time she was wearing that orange jacket with the gold studs on it yeah because they i don't think they're studs but they're definitely like very Mm sequiny and it's a very similar orange to that orange buffy's just like going crazy you can't see it in this picture i refrained from taking two pictures because you can see her headband here but you can't see her giant hoop earrings and you can't see her super long like single dangly necklace. necklace yeah that is maybe eight for eight for this season and the hoops. Yeah, the hoops, the hoops are, are definitely... For sure. Or yeah. what are we? 10 for 10. Sorry. 10 for 10? Yeah, I don't even know what the fuck we're at we're either. We're at 10 for 10. Jesus. The necklace, I'm... 
I'm less convinced. It's been in it's, quite a few. It's definitely up there. We've just done away with decorative belts. Yeah, they're gone. And I'm horrified. But yeah, the hoops are never leaving, it seems. Buffy does seem to be doing her best impression of a mom from the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. I really kind of wish Joyce had put the wig on because I think she would have looked hella fly in it. I think she's... Not that I think she needs yeah. to listen. As a cancer patient, obviously I'm not saying she looks hella fly, but like... <laughs> Minus the whole cancer patient vibe that she's got going on. She's still looking great. Listen, I have a picture about how great she looks next episode, okay? Okay, So, I am on board. I was giggling to myself because I remembered what I called it. Oh, no. (laughs) It's so good. Oh, no. It's like the greatest thing I've ever come up with. Joyce is like, hey, Buffy, you don't need to take care of me. Why don't you go hang out with Cece, your boyfriend? He's pretty cool. And Buffy's like, no, I gave him the day off to hang out with his friends. And you're like... What friends? friends. (laughs) (laughs) My notes are chock full of italics this episode. Poor Ryfi, but honestly. Well, there were those guys he was playing basketball with. Those were not his friends. He Mm. wandered up to that game in basketball garb and they were like, oh, I guess, sure. And he was just just like, I'm looking for somewhere to get my heart rate up because I'm... Baby gonna have a heart attack, but I, I don't to get care. Moist. Oh, he was real so, damp. So moist. Good God. And yeah, Buffy. I don't know. This is just like the episode of people awkwardly talking about Buffy and Riley banging because she's like, "Oh, he's gonna come over later for Bible, Bible study. study." And Joyce is just like, "I don't know how to respond to that." To my daughter just telling me that she's gonna have sex later. Is Bible study just code for we're gonna do it in the missionary position? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. But after hearing about Riley's friends and thinking, oh, they don't exist. Oh, my gosh, it's Graham. They do exist. exist. It's Graham. Yeah, Yeah. Graham. (laughs) The only friend you need. The truest friend. I was not prepared for the amount of Graham coming back in season five. It's weird, right? Like, it's very unexpected. Because you had no idea, right? I knew he was definitely around, but I thought it was maybe like one time this episode to help convince Riley to return to the military because that is a reasonable place for Graham to be. Oh, and I did remember him because he's there very prominently in, in the, the heart attack episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of my mind, that's what it's called. But yeah, him being like the military being here for the alien thing. Yeah, like I yeah. I guess that's only one other episode, but, but still, I was not expecting three out of the first lot. ten that's a lot to of have Graham because that's you, about Graham. what he was in last season. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm so glad to see that Graham's back, and there's some supernatural nonsense happening in Belize that needs CC's help. But I guess. why? Are these guys even still here? They came because there was the Queller. Right. And then presumably they took that out of Buffy's house to do question mark with. Although they've claimed that they're not interested in studying demons in any way. They just kill them. So what, like really, what reason do they have to still be here? I just thought they were still in the continental United States. And that they like helicoptered back in to pick up Ri-Fi. Maybe. Or maybe their plan was to go straight from here to their next mission. Mm -hmm. Like, why go somewhere else in between if you're still waiting for your South Central? Central American... What word do I want? Contact? Yeah, I don't know. Informant? I don't... Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's all very wishy-washy. Anyway, we can get on to no spike why. (laughs) So he shows up in Buffy's room while she is asleep and naked. Just letting himself into the house. So many of these times, I think to myself, why haven't you killed him? Why? He. Why haven't you killed him? It. 
I understand that he's defenseless, but how many chances does he get? Not only that, but then he's like, come with me, Buffy. There's something I need to show you. And she just goes with him. Why? At, she like, fully trusts him. 2 a.m. in the morning. What? To this what? sketchy ass crack house looking place. Where she's 100% going to be murdered. Right? This is a trap that Spike has set for her. It's full of vampires. Yes. She knows that Spike hates her. Well, that's what she thinks. Right. What is... What? <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't make a lick of sense. We get all of our answers that we're going to get about the vampire crack house. Yep. And unfortunately, all of my questions have answers like, what does a human get out of it? Oh, some vague thrill. The rush. Slash feeling of being needed. Because Rifi's really needy. So they were like, oh, all humans are like that, right? And it's just, it's so tenuous because all of the stuff he says about how much this vampire needs him and how Buffy doesn't need him and just the fact that he somehow can't distinguish between somebody emotionally needing him and someone literally wanting to feed off of him because he is their food. Needing him for food, yeah. Right? Like, they're so different. It's very different. Isn't it? Yeah. It made me feel like I was crazy when he was going on about it, like it was totally a normal thing. Right, right. This is another thing that we need to talk about. Why is this episode called Into the Woods and not Goodbye-Owa? In many ways, this is the second part of Goodbye-Owa, or maybe the third. I think I may have already said that about a past episode. You might have. But this is a perfect Goodbye-Owa. The whole point of it being called Goodbye, Iowa, is that his view of the world, mm-hmm. which is his, like, corn-fed, everything's great, military's great, goes away. And this is just him going away. Yeah. But he's Goodbye, not... Iowa. He's not Iowa. He's Iowan. <laughs> goodbye, Owen. He already left Iowa. And he said goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have problems with the names. Fine. And, yeah, Cece gets caught upstairs with the vampire sucking on his arm and that's probably fine it's just it's such a weird thing to do with your character you know where you need to get him out of the season for some reason maybe mr blucas just doesn't like being on the show according to the wiki Uh uh-huh joss says he tried to give buffy a healthy relationship but people didn't want it Mm. and when they were happy it made people crazy like (laughs) people are bullshit Right? Like, the fans don't want just a normal, functional relationship. They don't. It's not interesting. It isn't. It's kind of the opposite problem of Angel. Because Mm -hmm. the Angel relationship was so interesting that Angel got his own show. (laughs) And thus they had to get rid of him. Rifi is so boring that he goes into the woods. Yeah. And may never come back. Maybe he'll find his way out. Who's to say, right? They leave it open for him to come back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Riley, by his nature, was such a good and constant character that we were at risk of things getting a little dull. Cardboard by name. (laughs) Cardboard by nature. Go to the trees. Be with your people. (laughs) (laughs) He is a tree. Oh, that's unkind. I feel bad about that. Uh, yeah, one of the vampires, as Rifi is leaving this crack house, is like, What do you think you're doing bringing a slayer in here? No one's going to risk coming in here now. And I'm like, what the... Why were they risking doing it before? What's... It doesn't make sense. Does not not so, like a sense. I only got a picture of one of these guys. Mm. Okay, I called this vampimp. Right. But I also considered pimpire. 
Because mm. <sighs> pimp pyre sort of sounds like it's a pimp umpire. <laughs> yeah. Vamp imp. Mm, I well, don't... it's a vamp imp at that oh, point, right? Right. I don't yeah. know. There's Maybe there's no good one. I just... These guys were, like, very stereotypical, like, oh, we're wearing leather, and we're badasses, and we don't want to let you win to see the goods till you pay us. Right. See? This implies, they're like, you can't go in there. This implies that you need to pay money to go in. It really does. Why are you paying money? <sighs> yeah. These guys are crazy, and that's fine. Buffy's, like, sad or something, I guess, because Rifi cheated on her. I don't know what to call it. Spike seemed to be under the impression that she would be thankful that he showed her this. Yeah, Spike also just wants to cause shit in this relationship to give himself an in. Which he does very effectively. But when they're leaving and Spike's running away because the the vampires are pissed at him, he sort of tries to do that like, oh, I just, I thought you needed to know, you know, for you. Mm. I I wanted, I did it for you. And (laughs) She gets very pissed at him, and right. he seems very taken aback by this. Well, yeah. Like, he wasn't expecting her to shoot the messenger, even though he's a person that she hates. And obviously... He's trying to redeem himself. Yeah, it's not working. It is not. It's <laughs> awful. Graham's got this code one in Belize. They code need Cece's one. help. It just, it seems like a clumsy way. Because it's like, oh, hey, we can't just have one way to get Riley out of here. We gotta have, like three different ways all conspiring to push him out of this show mm-hmm. just so that the fans know he's gone yeah and then everything's just gonna collide in this one episode and it's gonna be very good timing for it all mm-hmm. yep so it's christmas time at the magic box Yay. anya is mad about everyone not respecting her because she's an ex-demon and is strangely literal and i love that <laughs> and yeah buffy just marches in here wearing her usual black tactical turtleneck top and brown leather pants. I've called this picture Squaresville Mm. because her side bag is just a square. Nice. It's so very square and I cut the bottom off, but god damn it if it isn't. It's just so flat and square. Like she has nothing in it. I suppose she's shown up to fill it with weapons, but it's not even that big. Yeah. What what is it doing? And yeah, this whole black and brown thing, there was a period of time where people were adamant that you could wear black and brown together. You can't. (laughs) It's incorrect. (laughs) All right. Duly noted. Yeah, she's mad about this whole vamp crack house thing. Ani and Giles both knew about it and were just pretty fine with it. They don't really care because it is the lesser of all of the evils in Sunnydale when you get right down to it. Because at the, the bottom line is if these vampires are feeding off of willing participants, that means they're not going out and killing anyone. Mm-hmm. They're not making more vampires. And these people are volunteering. They're paying for this. So it's not good what they're doing. But are you going to go to every place that has actual drugs and shut it down? They're just going to go find the drugs somewhere else. I don't know. And Buffy is not really mad about it. She's mad because Riley was there, right? Right. She... I don't know that she would be this mad. Oh, no. No. Absolutely not. She wouldn't give a shit if she knew about this beforehand. It's just... It's the thing where, like, this is happening and, sure, it's all consensual and that's actually fine. But they go back and the nest is empty because they fled after realizing the Slayer was around. And then, Michaela, sometimes I'm just forced to write a sentence in my notes that I wish I didn't have to write. (laughs) 
Or I look back on it and I think, what in the fuck did I just write? Because when I write, Buffy gets mad and burns the place down with a (laughs) camp stove, I think to myself, no, David, no. What decisions have led you here? (laughs) What wrongs have you committed? Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, Buffy is mad and turns to arson. She's an arsonist. She's now an arsonist. She's the only one committing a crime in this episode. (laughs) That is accurate. Or like a morally dubious act. I don't know. Mm Rifi. I don't even know. Rifi's like, is that a betrayal of trust, really? I guess I don't care. (laughs) The bottom line is that Buffy burns a whole building, probably several down, Mm. because... I can't imagine that this crack house is not directly connected to some other buildings. Oh, yeah. It's right up against other buildings. Right. And they're all decrepit. Yep. They're all just going to burn. Mm-hmm. Yep. But hey, she's the moral victor here, right? I'm not sure that they claim that. She is not. Or they do not. No. She's acting irrationally. And they don't really make excuses for it. But there's no fallout from this. God, awesome. I hope we never see the police again. Yeah, because that... it never goes well. It does not go well <laughs> at all. It just goes so bad. It's just so problematic to get the police involved. It like it raises so many more questions. Yeah. And either you're going to go down that path and you're fully going to have the police around and an option all the time. Or we just pretend there are no police in Sunnydale. There you go. Because it's much they have easier. a vigilante who is very... Very effective. Slash maybe drawing all the vampires there. But it doesn't matter. It's fine. Whatever. Cece pays Spike a visit and stabs him with a plastic stake (laughs) for the larfs and tells him to stay away from Buffy. And Spike's like, hey, I know that you're not super enough for Buffy or whatever, (laughs) but don't get mad at me. But he's very mean and he pushes his finger right in Spike's new stake hole, which is... (laughs) Oh, right in the stake hole. Right in the stake hole. And again, again, and I know I've said it. Three million times. But why is it a fake stake? Right? Why not just kill him? Why not just kill him? Yeah. Are, you're arguably doing good every yeah. time you stake a vampire. I don't care if he can't hurt people. He He's doesn't have a soul. Evil. He's a demon. <laughs> and I think maybe this is... I, I tried to rationalize this for myself. My thought was perhaps that Riley knows that Spike is not the reason that him and Buffy are in a fight. It's Riley's own fault. So killing Spike doesn't actually... Like, it's not Spike's fault. It's still a good thing to do. Sure, sure, sure. But I feel like Riley's just... He's too nice of a guy to kill Spike, you know? And they have so much in common. They both like Buffy. Buffy doesn't like either of them. Nope. (laughs) That's pretty much the conclusion they come to. So they do share a bottle of alcohol. Mm. And God, it would have kneecapped the scene. But it would have been perfect if... Spike had tossed this thing to Riley. Riley takes a swig, spits it out. It's blood. (laughs) Like pig's blood. And Spike's like, what were you expecting? I'm a vampire. (laughs) It does sound pretty funny, if not very gross. Oh yeah, incredibly gross. But here's the other thing, is that Spike is talking about... He he admits to being... Again, he's always using the word in love with Buffy, which is very problematic, but whatever. So he admits to that, and then also admits that he knows he has no chance. Mm -hmm. At which point you're like, then why the lurking? Then why? Just maybe move on with your life. Where's Harmony? Haven't seen her in like a while. She's always good for a laugh and she's not here right Right? now ultimate scamp like what i don't know let's go back to the magic box cc's here and he's clearing zanya out of the place (laughs) 
Xander says that he can't go home and have sex with Anya right now because, as I have phrased it, he has to go to his communication seminar as he brushes <laughs> Anya off extremely quickly and brusquely. It's very brusque. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's part of the point of the episode is that Buffy has been taking Raleigh for granted mm-hmm. and Xander has been taking Anya for granted. Mm-hmm. But Xander is going to go rectify that after this, whereas Buffy is just gonna well she's just too late it's too late yeah it's just too late no i mean like it's too late in that the helicopter is taken off well okay it's not too late in the relationship apparently for some reason although it should be and honestly i guess we're gonna get to it in a minute but (laughs) the speech xander gives that convinces her doesn't make any sense either i mean let's go into exactly why it doesn't make any sense i'm pretty jazzed about that but yeah before that happens cc is arguing with Buffy. He's like, oh, I just wanted to understand what it was between you and Angel or you and Dracula. Buffy's pretty upset that Cece's been going to metaphorical whores or metahoracles. (laughs) Mm, It sort of sounds like they're metaphorical, yeah, Yeah. oracle whores. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because you've just mushed all the things together. No, that's just a horacle. Oh, right. No, no. That's in 300. You got mm, your horacle. Right. True. Uh, Here, it's metahoracles. Oh, it's still problematic. <laughs> right. So, again, like, and when, when Angel was here before, it was very obvious that, like, Riley does not get the whole Angel thing. No. Because he's still, he's basically talking about Angel and Dracula like Buffy was interested in them for the same reason. Right. Which, first of all, Dracula did, like, mind control on her. Yeah, he roofied her. Basically. And then with Angel... Like, she wasn't interested in evil angel. Like, no, normal good angel is just as boring as Riley is. <laughs> if not more so. Yeah. Because he's really old and... Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Dusty. Gives out fucking poem books for birthdays, ugh. right? Oh, God, he's such a hipster. God. Yeah. Uh, and Cece's talking about how he can't get that feeling of being needed by Buffy. And they just get so mad at each other. And I'm like, this is the opposite of the time for emotions. This is the time for expressing yourself in a clear and reasoned way. And just saying, like, this is how I feel. And I I generally, I know that this is what drama does. And actually, let's just get into our segment, Your Fault. See, it's your fault. No. So it's your fault. No. Yes, it is. It's not. It's true. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> this happens with... Uh, Buffy talking to Cece and Buffy talking to Xander where there's all of the tropes of a regular drama coming back and I don't think Buffy the TV show is exceptional in the way that it deals with dramatic tropes right I think that it does them all basically as they are done in so many other things so it's not the most blameful it's definitely not blameless in sort of continuing these tropes of like, oh, I get mad at you, so we raise our voices, so we start yelling at each other, so I start uh, I start bringing up things that are not part of this argument and right. are just other grievances that I've had for a while but not expressed. And I don't blame it for doing that. I blame it for being part of the TV drama complex that provides some sort of template for real people to deal with their own emotions as they are growing up. Because, yeah, it's boring to see people sit down and have a, a reasonable discussion saying, <laughs> like, hey. conversation. Yeah, an adult conversation yeah. and be like, hey, this is how I feel. I think this might be why. This is where I'm at right now. And let's talk about that. 
sure, that's boring, but it's so important that people know how to do that. <laughs> it's so incredibly important for that to be a part of people's lives. Yeah. That seeing this garbage stuff where Buffy's like, oh, Xander, who are you to lecture me? I, you're taking Anya for granted. I'm like, that is in no way what you are talking about right now. No. Don't start talking about that right now. It's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. And because, yeah, bringing in, saying, oh, well, you're a hypocrite because you're doing the same thing. It's irrelevant. We're not talking about Xander. No. And Riley brings up the fact that he feels like he's not needed by Buffy, that Buffy wasn't turning to him when she needed support. She was just doing her own thing. Like, these are all problems that he has with their relationship that he is bringing up right now in a way where he's yelling about them. Yeah. And this is the first time he's ever aired these grievances. He hasn't actually said, hey, Buffy, I know things are really tough with your mom right now, and, like, you want to try to be strong, but, like, I just want you to know I'm here for you. If you need me, that I'm here for you, but if you don't, then maybe afterwards we can talk more about, like... Us. Us, and, like, what, how that makes me feel. But right now, it's not important, and we can have a normal human adult conversation about it afterwards. And then... I think like, oh, this is done this way because doing it the other way is boring. But then I'm like, no, when I see this happen in a TV show, I just switch off. I'm like, oh, these people are dum-dums. Yeah. Okay. And I, I lose all track of what they're trying to say because they're just yelling about it and I don't care anymore. And I'm like, ah, oh, it would actually be more effective for me yeah. if they were having a reasonable conversation right now. Because I can't remember half of what they say to each oh, other. And no. I didn't take notes about it because I was too bored. I know that at the end, he, and they use the word ultimatum, and it is an ultimatum, but it sort of isn't. Right? It's, because the ultimatum is either I'm going to leave with the military, or you're going to tell me that you don't want me to leave, and you don't have to do anything else, you just have to tell me to stay. Yeah. That's not really an ultimatum. It's not two difficult choices, and you have to choose one. It's just, I'm going to go unless you... Give me a reason not to. And she's like, well, I can't do that. She doesn't say that. She doesn't really say anything. No, she runs away because she's Buffy. That's what she does. This is how she deals with things. Five seasons in. runs away from Xander into the (laughs) small enclosed space and then is literally trapped in a cage of her own emotions. (laughs) It's just like, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? Oh, uh, yeah. And Cece drops that whole military thing on Buffy. And she's like, when were you going to tell me? And he's like, I just found out. I am I am literally telling you. What's the purpose of asking me that? It's sloppy is what it's it is. It's incredibly sloppy. And it's really just getting rid of Riley because no one wants him around. No one wants him there. Because he's boring. And... I know I harp on how boring he is, so I may be part of the problem, but he is boring. I honestly would rather have Buffy be single Hmm. than have him be around, and you just wonder, what is he adding? What is his purpose in this show? Because the answer right now really is nothing. These past ten episodes? Mm -hmm. Not very interesting. No. But as Buffy's running away from this part of her emotions, she's not quite trapped in the cage yet. She gets jumped by as many as eight vampires. <gasps> it's this, very fun choreo. It's a good fight it's scene. It's a very good fight yeah. scene. She picks up the like large pole and stakes two of them in quick succession. She just makes very short work of these vampires. She stakes that one as it's flipping through the air. She lets the one go that was sucking on Cece before. 
But then it's all a joke. Ah! One of those classic Buffy japes, and she stakes her from far away. She loves her japes. She does. Yeah. Apparently, this guy had a name, which, like, I don't know how we're... The Vamp Pimp? Yeah, he had a name. So the wiki tells me. I don't know how we were supposed to know, but... uh, Because it'll go through... It tells you, like, who who died or whatever. Whip. His name was... (laughs) Whip. Whip, yeah. Whip and his seven minions dusted by Buffy. <laughs> oh, there were eight of them. Excellent. Yeah. I sort of stopped made, counting. Why? Wow, you just made up. Well, you counted right. There you there go. go. Right. And it's just uh, like Buffy runs away. Xander's like, don't run away from me. That's not how to solve problems. And you're like, this is how Buffy solves her problems. <laughs> and then she runs away again and solves more of her problems with punching. Yeah. And then. I don't even know. How does she go from killing all those vampires? To- well, she kills vampires, then Xander runs into her and is like, you can't oh. run away from her problems. So she runs away from her problems right. into the cage. And then he shows up and he's like, no, we need to talk about your problems. And she's like, I can't talk about my problems right now. And then she talks about her problems and she's like, oh, I do love Rifi. I've loved him all this time. I can't believe you haven't said cage once. Oh. You fool. <laughs> Locked in a cage of yeah. her own emotions. Yeah, you had so many opportunities. Jesus Christ. I do enjoy several things about this episode. Xander showing up as the bard psychologist of the right. group. I was like, yes. This is what we want this from Xander. you, Xander. Yes. God, and he does it so well. Doesn't and- it kind of sound like Xander wants to date Riley, though? <laughs> <laughs> and aren't we back to that? Remember when he definitely wanted to date Angel? Yeah. Slash was dating Angel? I can't even remember what our whole thing was. It was a very complicated <laughs> love triangle right. there. <laughs> Xander just wanted that three-way. It right. never happened. No, not even a little bit. But yeah, he shows up. He says all these nice things to Buffy, some of which I have some problems with. Because, I don't know, he's talking about their relationship in a way, like, with a level of intimacy that I don't think he has. Yeah. Well, just a level of knowledge yeah. that it's very hard to acquire about someone else's relationship. He's making a lot of very broad assumptions, and Buffy seems to be like, oh, everything you just said is so right. And you're like, but mm, he didn't know any of that. And I think he just put all his ideas in your head about, like, what a good relationship should be. Mm-hmm. I think they call Riley dependable, and I really liked that. <laughs> He is dependable as all hell. Good old reliable oh. Rifi. And then we get into our final segment. I guess this is goodbye. Oh what? Uh. Oh what? Uh. I guess this is goodbye, old pal. You've been a perfect friend. I hate to see us part, old pal. Someday I'll buy you back. I'll see you soon again. I hope that when I do. It won't be on a plate. (laughs) Buffy goes to run after Cece, but it's too late. He's already got his tactical turtleneck on, standing by the helicopter. And I'm like, why are you even waiting? Like, if if it's five minutes to midnight and the military's leaving at midnight, are you standing around being like, maybe she's just a bit late? Couple questions. Uh Question one, how did Buffy know what time? Question two, how did Buffy know what location? Because he told her neither of those things. I thought time he did tell her. He said tonight. Oh boy. (laughs) He did not say midnight. No one, and the wiki points this out, no one but the audience knew about midnight, and yet people are talking about it as if 
Yeah. She tells Xander, like, something about midnight, and no, Riley does not say the word midnight to her. <laughs> and and in no way does he tell her where it will be or that he's being helicoptered away. He just said, Transport's leaving tonight. Does it? Literally, that's... <laughs> Huh. I'm, uh, it's very I problematic. I'm stumped, yeah. <laughs> so, brief tangent. Uh, early season 30 rock. Right. There's a fun thing where Tracy Morgan is apparently somewhat psychic because he will reference things that only the audience knows or that mm. like other characters have talked about but not anywhere near his presence. Okay. So especially for the first, I think it might be the very first episode, there's a reference that Jack makes to uh, squeezing the mind grapes uh, to produce delicious juice, which is the, <laughs> the Jack Welch Association. Right. And then eventually Tracy comes up to Jack and unprompted, tells him to be to squeeze his mind grapes and like this sort of continues there are a couple other allusions to it and i really like the idea that tracy's just psychic and maybe buffy is too that's one of her slayer powers those are never well defined maybe she could hear the rotor blades Mm. because of her super hearing she could smell him oh that makes a lot of sense (laughs) his pheromones he was afraid that she wouldn't show up yeah no just like oz yep Buffy's part werewolf. I can't believe we didn't say warehouse. Fuck. Fuck. The cage in the warehouse. God damn it. Who are we? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, helicopter takes off. Rifi has been looking in this one direction for, I'm going to say, 15 minutes. At least. As soon as he steps onto the helicopter, nope. no longer looking in that Hell direction nope. ever again. As Buffy runs up and tries to shout at him, but it doesn't work and he flies away. To deep undercover work, which, like, also really wasn't mentioned to him. No. He made some logical leaps about deep undercover. I mean, I mean, you know, some dudes dressed in all black tell you that they're, we're, we're going to go somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's going to be deep undercover. Sure. Anyway, That's, he's off to Belize. Some military works, friends. For a, an unspecified amount of time. A t- an amount of time that leaves it open to him possibly coming back. Gotta neutralize the threat. Right. Very unspecified threat. Yeah. No clue how long it's gonna take. And so I assume all of this is just to tug at our heartstrings. <laughs> that, like, Buffy doesn't know what she wants, so she decides to let Riley go. But then Xander talks her into the fact that she really wants to be with Riley. So she tries to stop him. I mean, I've got very sarcastic notes. <laughs> oh, good. What a disaster. Uh... I am truly heartbroken by this lost love of Buffy's. <laughs> Buffy's got a bad track record, She's friends. She's not even that torn up by it. Yeah. <laughs> She's, like, kind of sad. She's kind of sad. But I feel like the things she said, although she was younger when Angel dumped her. Yeah. Oh, no, she just, like, ran away. Oh, no, that was after she killed him. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. This show's great. (laughs) Yeah. We do get a nice touching wrap-up scene of Xander telling Anya how much he loves her and cares about her. The Xander stuff is really well done this episode. Like, you watch this and you're like, man, this Xander guy. What a great character he is. Amazing character that we loved from day one, right? Yeah, day one. He's always been like this. He's He's always always been great. had that insightful thing to say. Like, he he always just knows the right thing. To keep it a nice air of levity, but also that seriousness that he brings to the table. Yeah, he really balances it out (laughs) well. Just rewriting history. He's hit it here, though. He really has. He's found his his groove. Yeah, 
And you know what? Fucking Anya deserves this. Yes. Because she cares a lot about Xander. Mm-hmm. And he does treat her dismissively at times. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> yeah. Dismissively was maybe me being kind. Yeah. Yeah. And she deserves to be told that he genuinely cares for her. And like, this isn't just a joke whatever relationship to him and it's nice she's wearing her badass pjs again oh i have one more picture Mm. pour one out for ryfi for his tactical turtleneck i'm sorry that we mocked you sir he's (laughs) drank his final mug (laughs) oh there was a part of me that hoped i could get one (laughs) last picture (laughs) unkind picture i didn't try though right because that's where the magic is the magic is in not trying (laughs) Yeah, I just, so I realized this episode that the wiki has little screen screenshots from the mm. episode and has amusing, well, I don't know why I'm so amused by them. I think I'm just reading them in a silly voice in my head. They're more or less clinical captions. Yeah, but I just, you know, I see a picture of Riley getting bit by one of the, well, by his vampire hoe, and the caption is, Riley's secret. And I just love it. <laughs> Or I see a picture of Buffy staring up at what is likely a helicopter, and the the caption is, Buffy is too late. (laughs) (laughs) And I just am delighted, you know? And then a picture of Riley looking intensely at Buffy, Buffy, and it says, unless you give me a reason to stay, I'm leaving tonight. It just, again, these are just exactly the things that are happening in these pictures. But for some reason, I'm just tickled. Yep. Absolutely tickled. And we end our episode on a sad shot of both of their faces, Ri-Fi and Buffy, as sad piano music is played. And that'll take us home, I guess. Yep. Michaela, did you like this episode? Not really. No. At all. No. The entire scene with Buffy and Riley, which is a long... It's very long. It's very long. And you, they try to give Riley a place to be coming from that the audience will buy. And it doesn't... I don't buy it. I've never... It's all just out of no... Yeah. And it's a it's character assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what the this season has been. Yeah, where they realize that not that interesting. The fans don't really like him. They have to get rid of him. But how do they do that in a way that swallow? Right, it's not too tragic. So they just assassinate his character instead. Yeah, I didn't particularly care for this. There were a couple of good bits, but oh boy, does teen drama not work for me as a any sort of storytelling device? Why people don't like Riley? Yeah, and it's not Riley's fault. No, it's not. Writer's fault. I think Mark Lucas did a great job with the character. Yeah, and. Honestly, I quite liked him through season four. And initially, when he shows up in season four, he's very charming. Yeah. He, he seems like the opposite of this. He's so needy. Right. Now. When he was not knowing who Buffy was or not really caring who she was, right? that was the best part of their relationship <gasps> God, by was... far. See, see, kids, it's attractive. Confidence and not really giving a shit is attractive. Well, they could have still built something around that yeah. sort of dynamic where, like, these two people are just not going to end up in love. Or Buffy falls hard and Rifi's like, I'm, we're in this deep in this relationship and I'm still just not feeling it. Sorry. Because here's the other thing you could do. And I think this is maybe what I would prefer. So mid-season four, mm-hmm. whenever Goodbye Owa happens... Riley, he was had this high-ranking position in the initiative. That was his life. And he gets kicked out or chooses to leave because it's not what he thought it was. That's way later than Goodbye, Iowa. Isn't that... That's the whole point of Goodbye, Iowa. Is it? Yeah. That's why it's called Goodbye, Iowa. 
No, when Oz shows up again, that's when he gets kicked out. Okay, so he's he maybe he hasn't been kicked out, oh, but yeah. he's like done with the military oh, right. at that's, that point. That's the one where it's like question mark: Is he still in the initiative right. for another from, seven episodes? Right from that point on, we, we're like, does he still <laughs> right. work for yeah, them? Okay. Because he's very like disenchanted with mm-hmm. the entire idea of it. But so maybe we still have a bit of that. But like in his heart, Riley is still a military man, and he can't find a path. He doesn't know what to do other than that. And so play that up instead. Mm-hmm. And then when he calls these guys in, it's the culmination of him. Like he's been trying to find something else and nothing's been working. And like, this is the only thing that he can do. And there is nothing in Sunnydale for him. Like make it a yeah. career thing yeah. that he legitimately needs to go back to the military to be fulfilled. There are many better ways to do this than the what problem they chose with that though is then instead of him leaving because he's betrayed Buffy, he's leaving because he's choosing something over Buffy and then maybe they don't think the audience will like that. I think it'd be fun to have a character who wasn't madly in love with Buffy but was still in a relationship. But this with is her. the thing, right? Is that everyone is just so in love with Buffy. Yeah. I guess except Parker, but he was a completely different sort of jag. Yeah. Like, that was malicious, and if it was yeah. just non-malicious in Rifi's case, it could have been a lot better. But it wasn't. I definitely had the impression that Rifi like, betrayed Buffy in some major way, and maybe the vampire Crackhouse is that, but I did not feel it as a very sharp, like, I can't believe what Rifi's done to mm. her yeah. sort of way. It is still a betrayal. Yeah. I would definitely call it a betrayal. Sure. But it's not, like... It's not impactful. No, no... It's not like, I'm running away with Xander. Right. (laughs) That would have also been amazing. (laughs) Shit, that'd be great. (laughs) I'm running away with Willow. And you're like, fuck, Willow, make up your goddamn mind here. I'm running away with Angel. (gasps) That's what I want to (laughs) watch. Clearly you also do. (laughs) Yes, very much so. Okay, so that's what we think of the episode. What do you think that Teeks thinks of the episode? The one where Riley leaves. No. What? The one... (laughs) Where Joyce is okay? I mean, this is... No, this is definitely not something you're going to get because it's not technically accurate. (laughs) The one where Riley's a junkie. Oh. Which is, like, sort of accurate, but he's been a junkie for a couple episodes. Well, that's never stopped Teeks before. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed this episode, Mm. writes Teeks. Mainly because it means that Riley finally leaves the show. Shit. Harsh. I I was one of the many people who didn't like Buffy in a normal, healthy relationship. (gasps) Which is why Riley left the show in the first place. Just saying it out loud. I mean, you know, live your truth, Teeks. So Spike spies on Riley, of course, and finds out that Riley likes to get his blood sucked by random vampires. He's pretty discerning. He only goes back to that one vampire whore. Mm Mm-hmm. So doing the right thing, I'm being sarcastic, as Spike only wanted Riley out of the way. <laughs> Spike tells Buffy, who doesn't believe him at first, not until she sees it in action. Riley then leaves and then goes and goes back to work for the initiative. Not technically no, correct, no. but overall, I give this episode an 8 out of 10, which okay. my ratings book is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised by 8 out of 10, just because I can see Teeks rating it solely on the fact that no more Riley after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not a lot of people really like this episode. I don't think it's reviled, but it's not it's, it's not a good episode. No. 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. It's certainly not loved, but I'm suspecting that people probably do rate it higher for the very same reason that Teeks just did. Yeah. Because Riley's like, gone oh, and I don't miss him. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Michaela, 
best outfit from the episode. Oh, shit. This is one that does not have a lot of choice. No, it does not. Oh, no, no. It's it's that skirt. Orange, Orange gold. gold. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, there's everything's because she's got the hoops. She's got a crazy headband, which we really haven't seen this whole headband that thing yet. headband, man. Headbands were super in at some oh, point. No. I feel like in the early 2000s because, like, <laughs> I'm having this memory of Blair Waldorf from Gossip Girl always having a headband on. And there's no way she would have done that if headbands weren't cool. Right, guys? I don't know. Buffy just looks so much like a 1950s housewife. Hoop, there it is. Ten for yeah. fucking ten. Yeah. Michaela, who won this episode? The audience? <laughs> this seems like they're in agreement. Fuck you, Riley. Spike? I think it's Spike. Oh, yeah. it's oh. Spike breaks up. I hate it all. Buffy and Ri-Fi. And he's in the room and Buffy's naked. And yep. you're just like, oh, I hate this so much. Yeah. I, I hope he doesn't pull a Xander and try to look in a mirror while they're changing. Oh, fuck me. Remember that happening in season one? He is the Xander. Why? Why does there have to be a Xander? Why? Fuck. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, I mean, all in all, this goes pretty well for Spike. <laughs> For now, I guess. All things considered, I mean, he gets fake staked, which is not great for him. Seems painful, but then he's uh, pretty okay with it because he's yeah, not dead. Exactly. Uh, that'll be fine. And Michaela, coming up next episode, what do we got? <laughs> I should just lie to you because I know you already know. We have an episode called Triangle mm -hmm. where there are not two but three Xanders. Enchanting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> They were like that episode that we did at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Turns out Nicholas Brendan's actually triplets. Triplets! <laughs> uh, yeah, so look forward to that. <laughs> Very much looking forward to it. Well, I think that just about does it for us then. Until next time, you can always reach out to us via email, beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com. Find the pictures that we've been talking about up on the Facebook page. Or you can contact us personally on Storehouse, which is a social storytelling app. I'm on there at your house, Michaela. I'm on there at Cage in the Weirhouse. There you go. And until next time, farewell, farewell from, from the, the Hellmouth. 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 Hellmouth.